good non-specific time of the day. Our top story this hour, two newspaper journalists have downloaded a royalty-free generic breaking news bed in a vain attempt to bring some production values to their new podcast. However, the pair admitted that everything that comes after this is essentially just a nonsensical phone call between two friends. Welcome to Ben and Benji Do The News. I think you might be getting a lawsuit from Mr. Tarrant, mate. <laughs> well, welcome to episode two of Ben and Benji Do The News. This is our weekly podcast where the agenda is stories that we found funny. So how's your week been, Benji? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, you know what I've sort of hated about this week is there actually has been some quite big news. So tabloids haven't been forced to fill the pages with so much ridiculous. And I think that's a bad week for us. It is, but then some of those big stories have been quite ridiculous as well. So yeah, <laughs> but I do true. know what you mean. <laughs> There's been some farcical stuff. Let's have a little look at the news this week then, Benji. So what's first up? So uh, COVID green list of summer holiday destinations mm. revealed. It's sort of like the shit Glastonbury lineup uh, <laughs> that no one wanted and was kind of constantly leaked with bands that no one wanted to see. I mean, uh, yeah, the country's are not great but what really caught my eye um and i will caveat this with the fact that i am jewish uh so uh what caught my eye was israel mm-hmm. uh obviously one of the countries that has uh, been great with the vaccination system and i figured that tickets to israel uh must have soared uh since the announcement uh, that the country was on the government green list uh but baffled brits didn't really expect the gaza strip to be exactly as it is. <laughs> and sort of imagine British people turning up looking for a Lineker's or a wet t-shirt competition. Uh, <laughs> Cruising the, the Gaza Strip. <laughs> yeah. With their, uh, you know, mobility scooters and those four-person uh, pedal things, you looking, know. Looking for a pub that shows EastEnders and sells fish and chips. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I I, I think uh, I'm going to have to wait for the second round of reveals before snapping up my tickets. Uh, Although you can travel to Israel, it doesn't sound like they want us uh, till July. So, uh, so staycation at the moment then. Absolutely. Right. What have I got next? Oh, yes. Jersey War. Yes. Jersey War. I mean, the thing is, there's been so much said on this story, but I think we have to, we have to cover it off. Like, Uh, An island named after a potato goes to war over fishing. Uh, Fucking brilliant, you know. Um, Two Royal Navy ships turned up. Uh, You know, that's good. So, uh, you know, our Navy, which has no budget already, has nothing better to do. Uh, For about a day, we thought we might go to war. uh, And now we're not. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'd hold that. I'd hold that because um, there is the chance of war. And as you say, Jersey has a potato and vegetable connection. But there was a quote (laughs) in the Times on this from the skipper of the Ark. Artful Dodger 3. Now, I don't know what happened to the Artful Dodger 1 and 2, but anyway, the 3 is still afloat at the moment. But um, Paul Bizek said, when they come back, we will be ready for them. It's going to get messy. They have been raiding our shores all they like. We will pelt them with frozen tomatoes and rotten fruit. They will be sorry they messed with us. So I love it. It's like, well, they're there is a warship there, so that is that enough of a kind of warning? No, 
we've got rotten fruit and frozen tomatoes. I thought it's interesting because you've got extremely fresh tomatoes and then rotten fruit. I don't know if that's part of like the tactics of uh, food warfare, but yeah, that's... Uh... I love the fact that it's frozen fruit. It's like... If only medieval times had freezers, the fruit would not, the tomato would not have to be rotten. It could have been frozen and far more efficient. Just, just so the stocks <laughs> wouldn't have been such a kind of like pantomime thing. It would have just been one solid frozen tomato to the head. Launched again and again. Yeah. Because also, once you've launched a rotten tomato, by the third or fourth kind of throw, it loses its kind of... You know, it's just mm-hmm. mush, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't hurt as much. Whereas, yeah, as you say, you'd probably only need two frozen tomatoes uh, launched from like a musket and uh, or maybe cherry tomatoes because it's a musket. Um, and uh, yeah, you'd probably be a goner, wouldn't you? I think they may be working on this technology on Jersey right now, actually, as we speak. <laughs> Between all the potato harvesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So uh, another story that I saw that I liked was um, a pub in Stoke has labelled its customers rule-breaking dickheads and blamed keyboard warriors for it having to close less than three weeks after it reopened. Um, So the scathing note was left on the Noah's in Stoke and um, it read, well, it was a long note and I won't sort of subject you to all the asterisked uh, (laughs) pars in it, but one of them was... We would like to, brackets, sarcastically, thank all the dickheads that did not follow the rules and keyboard warriors writing nonsense on social media. Now, obviously, it's funny in its own right, but what I really liked is they had to point out that they were being sarcastic there. <laughs> I love this. I love this. I think, I think newspapers should adopt this. <laughs> if they're being sarcastic, tell yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I just like the idea that they're sort of so angry at those dickheads and have so little faith in them that they were worried that one of them might simultaneously identify as and be happy with being a dickhead and take that sentence as genuine thanks. <laughs> so so ha- I don't understand why they were actually forced to close. Do, do people say they were breaking the rules or something? Yeah, I think they struggled with people breaking the rules and then the aforementioned keyboard warriors went on social media and kind of stitched them right up so they've they've taken that decision to go right forget it but um i believe they're going to reopen at some point so whether the dickheads will be welcome back at that point (laughs) they will be sarcastically Um, you're welcome back can we can we come back of course you can (laughs) (laughs) the thing is with this um ben um and this is a slight format point which i probably told you when should have told you before we recorded after last week's gillian bayford story i would like to award one um news uh persona the bayford award for audacity each week okay um and i think these pub owners are, are, are strong contenders at the moment because um whenever people have to close regardless of how pissed off they are it's always we're very sad to be closing you know it's with a heavy heart but these pub owners haven't let their heavy heart get in between in between them and their dickhead customers (laughs) so maybe a contender there for the bayford awards for audacity in honor of gillian i'd say so and what's your story that's sort of really interested you this week well, I did say it was a busy news week mm-hmm. uh, until Thursday, May the 6th. Um, uh, the Sun's page three story, which uh, if you're not au fait with, with tabloid uh, uh, reporting, the, the page three slot is a place for the weird and wonderful. Uh, Hoop and glory is the headline. Dad's five inch snack 
is record. Uh, a dad went loopy when he pulled out the world's biggest hula hoop, measuring a massive five inches. Ooh, uh, cocker hoop. Uh, Alec Linley now hopes to raise money for the NHS by auctioning off the colossal curvy carb. And I must make an honourable mention here to. Uh, two Twitter accounts, Second Mentions and Nobbly Monsters, who pointed me towards this piece. Uh, we'll, we'll tag them in our tweet this week. Mm. Um, but there's so much about this story that's just well, when, absolutely ridiculous. When I first read it, I assumed that it was sort of, that was the diameter. I was thinking, you know, it's a great big circular yes. <laughs> hula hoop. But it's the length, isn't it? Just to be clear, it's kind of, you picture a hula banana that's more the sort of <laughs> that's it and the cocker hoop might give you a clue to what yeah. this uh snack looks like but you're quite right because when i first heard about it i had the same thought and i thought this is a clear contravention of the large crisp rules because i'm not sure if you're aware but hula hoop do do giant hula hoops now right okay no i wasn't you seem more across crisps than me well, I do have a penchant for curvy carbs. Um, <laughs> but I've got to say, this is a reason why I'd like to nominate Alec Linley for the uh, Bayford Award for Audacity this week. It's because, all right, mate, you found a big crisp. Well done. You've got your face in the paper. Why? And, and, and listeners might disagree with me, but why in God's name does Alec have to auction it off for the NHS? And who the fuck is going to buy it? When I thought that, I thought it's sort of very poor man's Captain Tom, isn't it? It doesn't quite capture the spirit of the of the time <laughs> by selling a crisp. But like you said, I thought, you know, who is um, going to buy a crisp for £700? But I, I kind of imagined this casino in Monaco, full of the type of people that James Bond likes to play poker with, just sitting around indulging in oddly misshaped crisps. Ah, yes, the square Dorito, matched only by the luxury and opulence of the monster munch with the extra toll. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you know, well, I actually pictured it slightly differently. I pictured Alec Lindley actually sacking off the NHS and choosing to take this to Dickinson's Real Deals um, and what sort of expert you'd get putting 20s down and Dickinson popping round over the shoulder and going, well, I can reveal it is, it is real, uh, but I would take it to auction. <laughs> 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 okay, lot number 247, a five-inch hula hoop. Do I couple, see 20 pounds in the room? Do I see 20 pounds in the room? Couple of dents in it, couple of dents in it, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, you know, still still looks good. <laughs> there, there was a quote in this story, though, that, that tickled me, and uh, Alex said, I was very, very close to eating it but I'm glad I didn't. And I just thought of him there just going, oh my God, salt and vinegar tang. But think of the NHS. Oh, <laughs> I just, it's brilliant, you know. And also, you know, Alec gets his name in the paper, Hula Hoop gets some PR, uh, and the NHS charities together uh, also get some PR. But but I think we'll have to watch this one. Um, I, I, I'm going to, um, I think we should revisit this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to keep an eye on the bidding. Uh, and maybe uh, once we've got Gillian Bayford on the podcast, we could also get Alec Linley on at some point, would you say? Yeah, sounds good. I do wonder whether you will end up buying it though, because you did say that you like curvy carbs. Oh, so I mean, I'm are you so gonna... <laughs> close to buying it, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> do it for the NHS. Oh God! I mean, and the, and if, if people are listening and tutting at us, at us putting the NHS 
in, in a joke. Please don't be offended. We're slagging off Alec Lindley for his audacity. Like, you know, it's just a weird link. Do you know what I mean, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just, I don't, I can't quite put my finger on it. There's just something so kind of lowbrow about a long hula hoop and then the cause of the NHS. <laughs> but hey, who cares? It's all money. I hope he does sell it and, uh, and those nurses get the money <laughs> so my weird story for this week is uh another man actually who could be in in line for the audacity awards um so it's about a man who was really bad at crosswords right so rather than sort of just becoming better at crosswords decided to use that time to invent a computer program that could solve them so after 10 failed attempts ai scientist matt ginsburg created his program right he's called it dr phil uh, and it's just won its first competition and you know when you read a story like this you just have to sit back for a second and marvel at just how amazing and resourceful the human race really is in endeavouring to find incredible new ways to advance the pursuit of missing the point and completely sucking the fun out of just about anything because we can. It's just like cycling, isn't it? We invented the bike, then we ruined it a little bit more by inventing Lycra, and then we decided to make bikes that didn't go anywhere and put them in a the gym. Did, did this guy consider that the people who write the crosswords know the answers? Right. Okay, you say that. Hold the hold that thought, right? This is a this is like pars two and three from the BBC story, right? In oh, fact, course, wait, 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 wait. Can I stop you there? Yeah. Um. Of course, this was a BBC oh, yeah. story. It could only be a BBC story. So, in fact, so yeah, it says. In fact, despite writing them for the New York Times. He says that when they are published, he often cannot solve his own. I mean, that's bad at crosswords, isn't it? You wrote the crossword and you can't even solve it. So he was. So when he was sitting in a hotel ballroom, losing yet again in a major US crossword competition, he decided to do something about it and invented this crossword thing, right? It's just like people created crosswords to possibly expand our vocabulary a little bit, but mainly just give us a dopamine hit when we realise that two down is precipitous. I mean, why not just cut out the machine and just print the crossword pre-filled in? Or better yet, just read the dictionary for 10 minutes or just, you know, just don't bother doing anything. This is such a sad story, really, at the heart of it, because all he's going to end up doing is putting crosswords out of business and then the very thing which... Yeah gave him a reason for being will be eradicated all you'll be left with is the machine that solves crosswords but no crosswords to solve yeah exactly and that's there's some sort of karmic justice to that but in this in this article right it says that as well as being a scientist he's an author playwright magician and stunt plane pilot guinea let it go, son. You've got enough hobbies. And I like the idea that one of those hobbies is a stunt plane pilot, right? So a stunt plane pilot is unfulfilled because he can't complete a crossword. I can lob de lob, but I have this soul inside. And for some reason, I just can't let it go. I can only describe it as O something, E something, S, S something, I, V, E. <laughs> <laughs> to, to finish off on this, right, Ginsburg said when Dr. Phil won the competition, he didn't take the £3,000, uh, sorry, $3,000 oh, prize God, money, right? No, I don't want to know, go on. And rightly so, Ginsburg, you didn't do the crossword, you shouldn't get the money, right? But did Dr. Phil get any say in this? I hope that Dr. Phil goes Skynet on him and demands the money for himself. <laughs> I'll give you a crossword, you thieving bastard. Where's my prize money? <laughs> Um, in my books, 
um, Dr. Ginsburg needs to win the Bayford Award for Audacity. Okay, we've had Alec Lindley auctioning off a big crisp. Um, we've had some sweary pub landlords, but this guy needs uh, stern talking to, seriously. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's us for another week. Absolutely. Follow us on, what is it, Twitter, on ben and, at Ben and Benji? Yeah, that's it. That is the plug. Did you get that? I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep that in, but she will charge royalties. Okay, I'll cut it out. <laughs>